You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Many people grow up today without a father. Many people don't even know their father. I'm very blessed and privileged I still have my father. Sits in church every Sunday, listens to me preaching to him. Whereas a boy, I listen to him preaching to me. I never knew my father-in-law. I don't know what it is to have a father-in-law. I only know what it's like to have a mother-in-law. Or mother in grace, amen. <laughs> We're not under the law anymore. We're moving under grace, amen. <laughs> Many people battle with that. Maybe you've had a bad experience with your father. You have a father, but you don't have a good relationship with your father. And that very thing is affecting your own relationship with God the Father. Many people are grown up. They have a father, but they are behaving like orphans. Because an orphan does not have confidence. An orphan is waiting the whole time to be rejected. Often hold the whole time feels that he's not good enough or she's not good enough. Many of us, even as believers, we call upon the name of our God, our Father, but we walk in the spirit of an orphan instead of having a revelation that we've been adopted. When you have that kind of a mindset, you won't have confidence to come to God. Because in your heart, you'll think, I'm not good enough. I cannot come to God. Even if I come to Him, He's going to reject me. Because many of us have been rejected by our own fathers, or we don't know our fathers, and now we think God the Father is exactly the same. But God the Father... To demonstrate his love, his commitment to you and to me, did not come to this earth himself. But because he loved us so much, he sent his only son to demonstrate his love. I want to talk about this topic this morning, that now you have God as your father. Many people can identify with Jesus because he's our brother. He's the one who came and he died. But Jesus said, I don't do anything if I don't see my father first doing it. Because it's God who loved this world and sent Jesus Christ to come and die for you and for me. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready to reset my faith. Tell them I'm ready to take my relationship to a new level in Christ Jesus. Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians 4 verse 1. I've realized many people today, although they're not orphans, they walk as orphans. Fearing that God will reject them. And not realizing that God reconciled us to him while we hated him, while we rejected him, while we wanted nothing to do with him. 
Galatians 4. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. As you know, when children are promised something, they won't forget until they receive it. Is that the truth? Children, if you make a promise to them, they won't forget until you have fulfilled that promise. In a similar way, God has promised our ancestors something better. But as long as an heir is a minor, he's not really much different than a servant. Although he's the master over the estate, so it is with us. When we were juveniles, we were enslaved under the regulations and rituals of religion. But when that era came to an end and the time of fulfillment had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the written law. Yet... All of this was so that he would redeem and set free all those held hostage to the written law. So that we would receive our freedom and full legal adoption as children. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts. Moving us to cry out intimately, my father You are our true father. Now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're his, we can access everything our father has, for we are one with Jesus, the anointed one. Family, there's something very important here. A child... In Jewish customs was only acknowledged and being a son a true son at the age of 30 at that age he would become a co-heir with his father everything that his father had it would become a co-heir at what age did Jesus say the spirit of the Lord is upon me Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. Everything heaven had for him when he became a son. said, that which heaven has got, but my father is now mine. And here on earth, I'm going to represent my father as his son. The Bible says... When he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, he went about doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. When you are a son, there'll be a testimony, a witness on the inside that you will know that you belong to God. Jesus never had a biological father on this earth, but yet he fulfilled his purpose and destiny. It means even if we don't know or do not have or know who our biological father is, we have no excuse not to fulfill our purpose on this earth because we have a father in heaven. The Bible teaches us That when we become a son of God, we become co-heir with him. Every good thing that is in heaven 
has now become yours. A son, a true daughter of God, when they make a mistake, they don't run away from the father. They run to the father. Because they know even if they make a mistake, he is ready to welcome them with open arms. Even if they make a mistake, he's not going to reject them. Our earthly fathers, if we make a mistake, maybe reject us, even disown us. God said, you have a father in heaven. Do you know how you become a son of God? You only have to put your faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the requirement. Not fast for 40 days. Not pray for 40 days. Many times people say, I first just want to sort myself out. Then I'll accept God as my father. You couldn't sort yourself out. That's why God the Father sent Jesus so that you can be sorted out. Turn to the person next to you and say, put your faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first work of the Holy Spirit is to reconcile you with God. The first work of the Holy Spirit, when you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart, is to sanctify your heart of unrighteousness and to fill it with God's righteousness. For with your mouth you make confession unto salvation, but with your heart you believe unto righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It means you're now in right standing with God. Legally, God has made a way for you to be part of his family. Remember, God is holy. God is righteous. And for you to be part of his family... You have to be righteous. You have to be holy. Is there anybody here that's righteous and holy? No. No. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? It means from the beginning God had planned glory for you. And he had sent Jesus Christ to this earth to restore glory back to you and to me. Not through our deeds and the things that we do. But what we believe in our hearts about what God has done. Family, listen to me. There is not one person here on earth that's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Amen? Children, listen to me. When you grow up, your parents will disappoint you. They will do a lot of things right. But they're also going to do some things wrong. There's no perfect parents. Amen. No perfect parents. But our Father in heaven is perfect. And He believes the best about you at all times. He does not change His mind concerning that. That's why you have to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying about you. And not what the devil or the world is saying about you. 
Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1. Family, do you know why is it so important for you to have a revelation that you're a son or a daughter of God? Because a slave does not inherit the promise. Only sons and daughters inherit the promise. The Passion Translation says, But those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given the authority to become who they really are, the sons of God. You are really a son of God. You were never designed to be a sinner. Turn to the person next. You say you were never designed to be a sinner. Tell them you were never designed to be rude. Tell them you were never designed to be nasty. You were designed to worship God. You were designed to glorify God. You were designed to be a solution to people in need. You are called to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by man's desire, but he was born of God. The New King James says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So your earthly birth is not so important as your heavenly birth. Because that is God's will for you. Amen? Even if you mess up, even if you're the greatest sinner, the blood of Jesus covers that sin, has removed that sin. Family, listen to me. There's only one way that you can enter into the Holy of Holies, and that's by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus allows any and everybody to enter into the Holy of Holies. And when you enter into the Holy of Holies, you've appeared before the throne of grace to receive mercy and help. So never run away from God. Always run to God. Amen? Faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is your connection. If you're longing for a relationship with the Father, put your faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll experience His love and His goodness and His mercy in your life. Romans 8 verse 14. Please turn there quickly. You know, I often see people, they will minister and talk to people and tell them and say, Brother Simon, I just want to tell you, God loves you so much. He's going to be your shield. He's going to be your protection. He is your father. He's going to look after you, take care of you, guide you, lead you. He loves you so much. You see people, tell other people with a conviction that God loves them. But as soon as they start talking about themselves, 
they say, I wonder if God really loves me. I wonder if God will do it for me. But they've just shared it with conviction. It's that orphan spirit that wants to stick to you. That makes you doubt. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm no longer a slave. Tell them I'm no longer under the law. But I'm under grace. I'm no longer an orphan. I'm a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Romans 8 verse 14. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. The mature children of God are only those who are moved by the impulse of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. The fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. True sons of God, daughters of God, are moved by the impulse of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit now on the inside. So even as you deal with your own children, think about God the Father who's dealing with us, all His children. All of us uniquely, differently, leading us and guiding us. The Bible says, train a child when he is young. Show him the way. Equip him. And when he gets older, he will not depart. Every one of your children, I look at my own children, same mother and father, yet so different. Their way of thinking, their way of doing things. But we love both of them. Amen? God loves you. Fathers, listen to me. I want to talk to fathers this morning. In your home, listen to the impulse of the Holy Spirit. When your children disappoint you or make you angry, or even your wife, very quiet now. I know it's Father's Day, but you know, sometimes we can have expectations that we place upon our children, that we place upon our spouse. That's unrealistic. We are setting ourselves up to be offended. And as soon as they do something wrong, we respond from a religious point. Laws and regulations. Instead of responding with grace. Instead of listening to the impulse of the Holy Spirit. 
if we want to say that we are fathers and we want to train our children to listen to the impulse of the Holy Spirit, we ourselves should listen to the impulse of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? Train your children from a young age to listen to their conscience. Don't just say, no, 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 no. Mommy, can I play with this toy? No, it's of the devil. Leave it alone. As soon as you put laws upon them, they're going to want to play with it even more. And if they don't play in your house, they'll go play at their friend's house. Mommy, can we listen to this music? No, it's the devil's music. Leave it alone. They're going to listen to it. With their friends or something. I, sometimes I hear them sing certain songs. I say, if you could only know your schoolwork the way that you know the song, where did you hear it? Rather, teach them from a young age. Obviously, if something is blatantly demonic, if it looks like the devil, it smells like the devil, it's the devil. Don't buy that. But sometimes there are things that look innocent, which are not innocent. Let them, when they can start to experience what their conscience is saying, if they have something or they play with something or they listen to something or they watch something, don't use it as an opportunity to rebuke them, to put laws upon them, but take the time carefully and say, now that you've listened to that or played with that or let them play with that and then come and let them say, in my heart I don't feel good playing with this toy anymore. Then it's the Holy Spirit, the impulse of the Holy Spirit telling them, but if you say, no, 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 when the law came, sin revived, and we die. Young people, you also, that want to be treated as an adult, have to listen to your conscience. Have to listen to the impulse on the inside. When friends want to take you to a certain place, and you walk through that door, and something says here, yeah, you shouldn't be here. You should leave. If we as fathers say that we listen to the impulse of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit should be evident in our own lives, in our spouse's life, and more important, even in your children. One thing that I've learned, if you go to a house and you greet the husband and the wife, you say, how are you? The husband will always lie to you. Everything is fine, pastor. We are blessed. And don't tell me it's not. Psalm 12 verse 2 says, everyone lies to his neighbor. Men lie. Everything is fine. It's great. Thank you, Jesus. You greet the husband and say, how are you? Then you look at the wife. Her face will tell everything without even saying anything. It will be the, are we in the same house? She'll give you that look. You, you can fool your friends. 
I've been in this game too long. Amen. Why? Because the Bible says, Woman is the glory of man. So if you are filled with the glory of God, she'll be clothed with the glory of God. Not be in her glory. So you can very quickly see. Look at your children. If they are happy and smiling. From a young age you can see it. If a baby is happy or not. If that baby's spirit is light or heavy. Because even though that child cannot talk, it will pick up on your spirit. Remember, we're in a living church. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all the people all of the time. Amen. Am I helping some people here? Fathers to be fathers. We want to raise sons that are different, that are led by the Holy Spirit, listening to the impulse of the Holy Spirit. In church, everybody says hallelujah. In church, everybody smiles. But what happens at home? Yeah, it's grace, grace. Let your blood speak. But what's happening at home? Is it law? Is it judgment? Is it condemnation? Because that's the true you. What we don't see. Are you behaving like a true son? Only in church? Are you a true son Monday to Saturday when you're not in church? That is the real test. Because now you are being led by the Holy Spirit. Because sons are led by the Holy Spirit. Not just on a Sunday. Amen. When God is your father, you can always run to him. I said this morning, my family surprised me in bed with some coffee. Father's Day gift. They changed the routine around. Usually on a Sunday, I'm the one who surprised them with coffee because I'm first up. But my son, as I'm sitting there in bed, he says, I'm getting cold. Can you just move up? I want to sit in your spot that's nice and hot. I'm thinking I'm being bounced by my son. Is that how you talk, young people? He bounces. My son bounced me. He says, move up, please. I want to sit on the hot spot. But at that moment, I realized it's only a true son that would have the liberty to do something like that. If there was fear in his heart, he would not even dare to do that. But because there was liberty, because there was grace, he says, Dad, can you just move up? I want to sit on that hot spot. And as a father, I say, no problem, my boy. You can just have it. Can you at least just pass me my coffee? Amen. 1 John 3 was 1. When you have that witness on the inside of the Holy Spirit, you'll know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. 1 John 3 verse 1. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a calling. Tell them you have a responsibility to be a son of God. 
The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize Him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. Not one day in heaven, right now you are God's children. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become, but we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like Him. For we will see Him as He truly is. And all who focus on Him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. Family, we have a calling to be a son of God. A matter of fact, the Bible teaches that all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. They are waiting for us to start to act and behave like Jesus. There's too much fighting between churches. Brothers between brothers, slandering each other. We are God's children. We are made in His image and His likeness. You are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. The Son of God did not come to this earth to condemn or to judge. Came to bring a solution to mankind's problem. The Bible says when He manifested, we could see His glory. And it was full of grace and mercy. Amen. Sometimes we are so hard on our children. And I'm, I'm guilty. Sometimes I'm too strict. Because you want them to be perfect. But nobody is perfect. Hello. I know if I'm guilty, you're also guilty. I know you want my children to glow in the dark, but they don't. People expect Christians' children to glow in the dark. They don't. Sometimes they become naughty because they play with the congregation's children. <laughs> they just have to go to school and they come back with words that you've never heard or that you've sanctified your mind from. Hello? Do you think Jesus slips off his throne every time he hears a curse word or a swear word? No. But you become so religious. Very quiet now. I'm not saying let it become a habit, but I've really, my, my innocent son often came back from school with, Dad, what does this word mean? And I like have to go to the chiropractor just to get the spasm out of my neck. <laughs> After they say, what? <laughs> Can a born again child say a word like that? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I make it now sound like he's used a lot of bad words, but one or twice he's really come back with words that his friends have said. Especially, you know, English people use Afrikaans words sometimes which they think means nothing. And then it's like a very bad word. Like with an Afrikaans background, I've sometimes used English words in front of my wife and she says, that's a very bad word. And I say, no, an Afrikaans is not a bad word. It's like a, just a normal word. And she says, no, it's a very bad word. Huh? <laughs> Let's not become so religious that people think I don't want to be with that person. Sinners felt comfortable around Jesus because he did not condemn or judge them. 
If we cannot get it right in our homes, how will we get it right in the world? The thing is, oftentimes we move the boundaries that should not be moved. And then we want to tell children, no, you may not do it. But you've allowed them to do things. Then it becomes confusing. Because now you're saying you can do it and now you say no. The key is listen to the Holy Spirit. Turn to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. When I say you are called to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God, I'm talking about divine sonship. Talking about where God is involved. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. You might be saying in your heart, how am I going to do this? Well, let me just tell you, I still make a lot of mistakes. But I try and fix them very quickly when I make a mistake. Now, sometimes we respond. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart. Fathers, open your heart. Daughters of God, open your heart. The veil is lifted and they see. While we remain judgmental, while we remain under the law, we cannot see beyond that. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever He is Lord, there's freedom. So if God is the ruling Spirit in your home, there'll be freedom. Not judgment, not condemnation. That doesn't mean your children are never going to be naughty. That doesn't mean you're never going to make a mistake. It means there's freedom there. That when you make a mistake, you can run to God immediately and say, Lord, forgive me. Help me. When you don't know what to do, you can say, Lord, give me wisdom with my children. Give me wisdom with my wife and my marriage. And not try and fix her or fix your children, but fix yourself. And be the king, be the priest, be the son of God, be the father, and show them a more excellent way. Not many amens now from the fathers. I want to tell them how to do it. No, show them a more excellent way. Show them the more loving way. Show them how your words can be seasoned with grace and with mercy. Show them how your words can build up more than what they break down. Your words, like God the Father, that blesses us the whole time, declare a blessing. And believe the best about them. You need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. We can all draw close to Him. With the veil removed from our faces and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The New King James says we are being transformed from glory to glory. The two glories that he is talking about here is the glory that was under the law. The new glory that's under grace. 
He says, when you look in this word, you will see how you are being changed. From the level of glory where you said the whole time, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, to a new glory that's in grace. The old glory is the law. It's the perfect husband who could never do anything wrong. That's the law. The law is perfect. That's why Jesus had to fulfill the law. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And this perfect husband can tell you the whole time what you shouldn't do wrong. And when you do something wrong, he will tell you you've done this wrong. I hope nobody is married to a husband like that. The law. But the Bible says, Jesus came and fulfilled the law. And when we died to ourselves, I've been crucified with Christ. We are no longer in this relationship, in this marriage, bound to the law. Because when you are married, you cannot separate from this relationship unless there's a death. And Christ died. So when we were under the law, we are now being separated through the death from this first husband, the perfect law. And we are now joined to Jesus Christ, our new husband. And he is full of grace and mercy. When you now make a mistake, he does not say, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. He says, let me show you how we walk to get away from this. When there's temptation and you say, can you please show me the way out? He says, no problem. Walk with me. Listen to the prompting. I'm going to take you away from this. When Jesus, they ask Jesus, how should we pray? He says, now pray and say, do not lead us into temptation. Now that you are sons of God, you are being led with the, are those same things still coming your way? Yes! But you have a friend in Jesus now that's leading you, that's guiding you. And you listen to that prompting in the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what to do, you turn to Him. When you turn to Him, the veil is taken away. Now you have the mirror here in front of you. You have the mirror here in front of you. You think, oh, is this business deal going to help uh, work? Uh, precious Father, are we going to build the church? Are we going to finish the church? Now look in the mirror. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Lord, are you saying you are working in me? Are you saying I should start dreaming bigger? He says, yes. And there's a prompting on the inside of the Holy Spirit that says, dream bigger. When I'm thinking like an orphan, I'm thinking, oh, God's not going to do it for me. I'm going to beg him and he's just going to say no. But when I'm a son, he says, I want you to dream big. I want you to think big. The key is the following. 
the key is the following. Where's the battle? In our minds. Faith is never the problem. Because faith is something you have. The problem is you believing it. Because you have faith to tell other people Jesus loves them and you believe it. But when it comes to yourself, you're like the father with the demon-possessed boy. I believe, Lord, you want to do it for Simon, but help my unbelief. I'm not sure you want to do it for me. But when you're a son, you know you can ask him with all confidence and you know he hears your prayer. He might be considering it for a few reasons to preserve you or to strengthen your relationship with him or to strengthen your prayer life or even because he's just keeping you for a greater promotion. But you have this confidence that he hears all prayer. I'm closing with this. Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians 3 verse 16. When we turn to God and we look at the word of God, we'll see we'll start to reflect his glory. Colossians 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. The New King James says, may the word of God dwell in you. Abide in you. When the word of God, Jesus Christ, is on the inside of you, dominating your heart, everything becomes easier. Even when somebody offends you now, you respond with the word of God that's in your heart. Even when somebody curses you now, you respond by blessing them. When somebody responds by despitefully using you, you respond by praying for them. Because the word of God is richly dwelling on the inside of you. This is the key. This is when people will start to see the sons and daughters of God being revealed. Family, go read this word and believe it. Believe what God is saying about you, about your situation. Don't be like a wave in the ocean to the left and to the right. When you know God has said something about you, be it. Look at verse 17, the Passion Translation. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then God's life, God's love, becomes the very root of your life. The Bible talks about the root of the righteous, which is Jesus Christ. God is love. By faith, allow Christ to live in you and manifest his presence, manifest the fruits of the Holy Spirit to this world. The whole world are waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. You don't have to walk as an orphan. You can walk as a son of the Most High God. You can have confidence that when you go to the Father, you have Jesus next to you, petitioning your case. When Christ is on the inside of you, you have positioned yourself to attract God's favor and grace. Because the highly favored one 
is on the inside of you. And you know the way that God the Father listens to Jesus is the way He listens to you. The way He had His eyes upon Jesus, the Bible says His eyes are always upon the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. Why? Because you are righteous. No, because Jesus is the righteous one and you've put your faith in Him. And now you hear that prompting on the inside that say, you are His beloved. You are His son. You are His daughter. And if somebody loves you, there's not a thing that they will not do for you. That's why Paul wrote in Romans, if God did not withhold Jesus from you and from me, why will you withhold anything from us as his children? Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.